Hello and welcome to Peace On and our Hope Story Circle. It's so nice to see all of you here. My name is Terry Mason. I'm on the board of the Peace Alliance and I'm joined to co-host by Liz Gannon Graydon, who is also on our board, and Yelena Popovich, who is our Teaching Peace in Schools lead and mindfulness expert. Welcome to Peace On, your source for inspiring conversations and information from thought leaders across the spectrum on topics related to the strategies of building peace, fostering nonviolence, and creating a world that thrives, shifting our understanding toward empathy, compassion, and connection. And our special guest today at Peace On is Lisa Worth Huber. And Lisa, it's so wonderful to see you today. You could unmute yourself. This is how we check and make sure. Wonderful to be here. Thank you so much. It's so great to see you. And you're going to tell a wonderful story, but I wonder if you could just share with us a little bit about the Peace Alliance connection that you've had in the past. Certainly, I would be happy to do that. So my first connection with the Peace Alliance was being my state representative for um, the Department of T Peace Initiative. And um, I'm really looking forward to, you know, now that we have a new administration that will be listening and um, HR 1111, I wanna be back with you on that. And also there's a beautiful combination with the National Peace Academy and the Peace Alliance. And I have um, the, the great honor of being the chair of the board of directors for the National Peace Academy. Wonderful. So another connection. Yes, and the National Peace Academy is near and dear to the Peace Alliance heart. I know that Dodd Maver is on our call today and she has been a leading thrust for that movement to make that happen. So it's delightful to see you here, Dot. And everyone, there's some beautiful faces here. I'm excited to have this time together. But first, we're just going to have a short grounding meditation Yellen is going to lead us in, and then we'll get into Lisa's beautiful story. Yelena? Thank you, Terry. Good morning, good afternoon, good night. <laughs> um, everyone joining and everyone listening to this podcast, welcome. Um, I actually want to invite you into a visualization um, and for a short bit, um, just find anywhere, um, any posture you feel that is supportive for you in this moment. You might stay on camera, you're welcome to turn the camera off, whatever feels more um, comfortable and safe for you. And you are welcome to close your eyes or just gaze down. But I invite you just for a moment to find either grounding, find yourself grounded to the earth or uplifted to the sky. And perhaps you wanna stay with your feet grounded or you might find your breath whatever feels that will bring you most authentically to this moment. And as you come to land into this moment, 
just noticing your body, breath, your heart. I want you to to either extend your hand like you're holding something and imagine a box. Imagine a box. What shape is it? What is made out of? How big is it? Just imagine yourself holding a box. What's inside your box? Perhaps it's some of your most treasures, possessions, but perhaps Inside are some of your most honored qualities. What does your box have? What can you? does it feel to hold it? And if you can take one thing out of that box right now, what would that be? Just allow yourself for one more moment to hold that box. Perhaps bring it closer to your heart. you ground yourself or take a few of those soothing breaths. I invite you to keep that box close to you as you listen to Lisa's story. Welcome everyone. Welcome Lisa. Oh, Yelena, that was perfect. Thank you. And I just want to say, you know, greetings to all you dear, beautiful beings that are here. And it's an honor and a joy to be with you. And I want to thank Terry and Liz and Yelena and Judy and all the wonderful peace builders on the Peace Alliance team who kindly invited me to join you. 
Ah. So as we begin our story circle, I want to invite you to enter into a story realm with me, a place that will require your imagination, that it was so beautifully brought forward already. So you are, we are ready to go. Um, imagination is one of the most advanced human uh, faculties. It enables us to form new ideas, new images and new concepts. And imagination is the tool we all need as we navigate life in our post COVID world. And that's what I really want to talk about with you. Now, one of the threads I weave through my sociology classes is C. Wright Mill's concept of the sociological imagination. The sociological imagination focuses on the intersection of one's life with history and is that intersection point between the two. So when COVID hit and everything began you know, to shut down and even before schools went online, um, I started to see waves of depression in my undergraduate and master's students. It's important to note, and I wanna share this with you too, that I live 10 miles from Sandy Hook and trauma is something many of my students still carry. Add to that trauma that college classes were soon forced online, there would be no in-person graduation, no time with friends, and I could feel the mental health quickly plummeting. But what I wondered was what could I do? And it was then surreptitiously that I came upon this box, this box that my grandmother had given me. And I felt compelled to open it. And I was instantly taken back in time. I saw, the first thing I saw was one of her most cherished possessions. Now, when my grandmother was four years old, she was orphaned. Um, after she had lost uh, both her young parents to the tuberculosis epidemic. So sadly, she knew very little about either of their lives, but she wore this bracelet every day she was alive. And I wanna open it for you. And you'll see that in this bracelet, there are portraits, a portrait of her mother and a portrait of her father. When she died, she left this bracelet to me. And while I've always treasured it, I never fully understood its emotional significance until I reunited with it during COVID-19. When I think of all the lives that have been lost and all the stories that have never been told. Now, one of my grandmother's lifelong wishes was to know more about her parents, more about their youth, about how they fell in love, about their marriage, about her early family life with them. Instead, orphaned, she went to live with her grandparents in Harlem, New York. And because her grandparents were also mourning, very few stories were ever shared. I want you also to know that my grandmother trained as a classic pian 
a classical pianist. And as a student once, uh, she had the great good fortune and she was asked to perform at Carnegie Hall. And this was the highlight of her life. However, as history will do this, um, it interrupted her dream and her personal history forced her to give up her studies and depression took over. And that was for her a lifelong struggle. When I was young, my grandmother would invite me to sit next to her on the piano stool. And I'd watch her hands glide over the keys. And you could tell she would often close her eyes and I could tell that she was holding back tears and she would always play one song, Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata. And if you're familiar with the song, you know it's a beautiful song, but it's also haunting and sad. And to me, particularly in hindsight and particularly now, it felt like a requiem to her lost childhood. So it appeared to be her way of mourning her parents that she never knew without their stories. She had no connection. So my life, for those of you who don't know, my lifelong work has been in the narrative universe. And it has taught me how stories are a deliverance from isolation. When we listen and share our stories, we are bearing witness to our truest selves. The act of bearing witness to ourselves and to others can both illuminate and transform. And yes, it can, they can heal. Lack of stories, however, can deepen the feeling of loneliness and despair. And it was then in rediscovering this bracelet and remembering my grandmother that I had the idea to create this COVID memoir project. Now, this was gonna be with my students and the plan was to have all the students write about how their personal lives intersected with history during COVID. And this was inspired both by my grandmother's grief and also by FDR's Federal Writers Project. Now, just to remind all of you, the Federal Writers Project was created during the Great Depression when authors traveled across the country collecting first person narratives of individual experiences of the Depression. Uh, one of the most notable projects of that Federal Writers Project was the Slave Narrative Collection. And just to show how that moved through time, I also want to point out that that was the research for uh, Colson Whitehead's brilliant book, The Underground Railroad, which is the winner of the Pulitzer Prize as well as a National Book Award. And it was based upon that research that he was able to complete and write that book. So for this project, this memoir project, um, which I've been doing since the impact of COVID, each of the students and the ranging from the age of 17 to 42 have been required to write about their life experience during COVID. And the objective is to gift this to the Connecticut Historical Society to be archived into perpetuity so that people 100 and 200 years from now will understand the experience through the personal lens. Now remember, 
the students are asked to focus on their lives intersection with history and their story work has been incredible. Now history was happening all around us. Devastating examples that we all have been impacted by are the murders of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd and the storming of the US Capitol on January 6th. And also history has been happening close to home. Students' academic performances have begun to plummet. Um, in the cities, cities throughout our state, many students are currently failing. Juvenile crime is on the rise in my state, up 7%. And suicidal ideation and mental health-related emergencies, the visits to the emergency room, they've like increased enormously for teens. But what I couldn't anticipate and what thrilled me was how personally invested students became in participating in this project. One student said it was such a relief to not have to wear a mask. And he did not mean his mask for his COVID mask. He meant that mask of, I'm feeling okay, mom and dad. And to be able to, as he said, bleed his words onto the page. Another student who wrote a series of poems about COVID is considering creating a chapbook of this poetry. And many of the students have also taken another assignment I gave, which is an ethnographic project where they are interviewing family members about their challenges, their heartaches, and yes, yes, we need to remember also their joys, baking with their mothers, uh, learning a new craft, more cuddle time with their pets. So the greatest takeaway that they shared with me is that they have been able to take this time of depression and for many of them heartbreak. And I've had a, a lot of students, sadly, who have lost both parents, grandparents and extended family members. And they've been able to take this heartbreak and transform it into a collection of their stories that might have meaning for others in the future. And the fact that it might have meaning for somebody else has been such a healing process for them. And as one student wrote to me, if my pain can help someone else, well, that's the best outcome I could imagine. So I, as you can imagine, I am so moved by the student's willingness to take their pain and repurpose it into stories and to use to help others heal the wounds of this world. And for my compassionate friends on this call, I would say, isn't that the function of our compassion work? To heal the wounds of the world. Now, as a professor, I'm also aware that we live in a world of statistics where thousands of personal narratives are represented by numbers. We need to remember that that 500,000 plus deaths around COVID all have a personal story. And this brings me back to the box that I found of my grandmother's. And along with reuniting with the bracelet, I found uh, this envelope that she had from her youth. And it was um, from a trip she made to Ellis Island to greet relatives during the First World War. 
And on the journey to Ellis Island on the ferry, my grandmother found a butterfly. Now, I have no idea if the butterfly was alive or dead at the moment of her discovery. But what I do know is that she eventually placed it in this envelope in all its splendor. And I'm afraid to take it out because when I did yesterday, I, was, I thought it might break and it's just too precious to me. But that little butterfly is right in here. And, um, and, it, and she marked it the envelope with these words that I want to read to you. Ellis Island, 1970, 17, let me repeat. Ellis Island, 1917, free at last. So my grandmother found this butterfly and I have, you know, and here 104 years later, it's still in perfect form and the message of passage, there's a message of belonging and there's a message of freedom. Now, back to the box. If you study folk tales, you know that gifts often arrive in these little clusters of three. And so it was with me. Just as I was placing my grandmother's butterfly envelope back into the box, I noticed that I had mistakenly sometime in, in the past placed a letter there that I, it was a copy of a letter that I had written to my high school drama teacher. And he was also a mentor. And while I'm not gonna take you down that, this next story path, I will say to you that theater saved my life. And this teacher introduced me to the concepts of Stanislavski and particularly his idea of the magic if. Now the magic if for those of you, um, you know, who are, may, may not be familiar with it is rooted in the idea of method acting and it has imprinted my life in profound ways. It's the question an actor asks when working to inhabit the life and the mind of a character other than themselves. Questions like, what do I want? Uh, why do I want it? And how will I get it? And what will I do with it? So I decided to use the magic if with my students during their COVID memoir project. And I asked them questions like, what if you were free to do anything you wanted? What if you could attend your graduation? And one of the students in my class was valedictorian and couldn't give her speech in person. I mean, imagine this incredible accomplishment and none of her family could witness this. What if people who haven't been able to be with their loved ones when they passed could be there at their bedside? What if acts of compassion became daily headlines for all media? What if meditation was part of all schools curricula? What if you wrote a book that helped to heal the many social divides in our country? What if you created a business that employed the homeless? What if you can now put into motion? And I ask this of all of you, what if you can now put into motion your greatest dreams and visions? As indigenous cultures enlighten us, we are growing in our understanding how ancestral 
trauma healing is both work for our future generations as well as for our past. So what if I wondered and continue to wonder to myself, what if my grandmother had the stories of her parents? What if she felt connected to their lives? What if when I sat down on the piano stool next to her, she didn't just play the sad, slowly measured notes of Moonlight Sonata, but what if instead her hands nimbly danced across the keys as she played Beethoven's Ode to Joy? And so with that, I want to just ask you, what if, what is your what if dream? And what is in your sacred box that you would want to pass on? Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. What a beautiful inquiry. So we're going to go into breakout rooms now and I'm going to pause the recording and then we'll come back together in a few minutes. Welcome back everyone. So nice to see your faces. We had a couple of latecomers that I put into rooms very quickly at the end and I hope there was a chance for them at least to introduce themselves. <laughs> well, who would like to share what's, what's present for you right now? What's alive for you right now? You can unmute yourself and speak. Well, one of the latecomers that joined was my wife, Vandana. We are both from Pittsburgh. And I was telling uh, members in our group that we uh, run a, a nonprofit called AHINSA, which stands for nonviolence. I'm sure you all know it. AHINSA is an acronym, and I'm going to send it to uh, some email that I've noted. So uh, we joined the first time, and so we are here, here just to listen, and it's very exciting. We are very happy uh, to meet such a wonderful group. Oh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I was I was really moved to hear the speaker's story, hmm. the way she had described. Many of us feel the same way, but we have no words to describe that way. Hmm. So I was I was really moved and touched for her, you know, and um, it, it gives a lot of food for thought that we have taken ourselves away from our, our own self and feelings. So yeah. I've been a student of sociology, by the way, so it's nice to relate to a professor of sociology. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Who else would like to share what's bubbling up for you? See, Alicia has unmuted yourself. Yes, um, I guess for me, you know, I came late, so I apologize for that. But uh, <laughs> for me, it's just so encouraging. And so um, it's a form of reinforcement just to um, commune with other souls that seem to be on a similar path. So right now, that's what's 
up for me is that I'm just grateful. Uh, this scene, um, this is a day of gratitude. So uh, I'm very appreciative of, uh, and I came on at the end of the last story there. So I didn't get the full thing, uh, but I, I definitely enjoyed speaking with the people in my group. And um, it, it's just refreshing to be part of and know that there are so many like-minded people. We just may not see them or hear them all the time. And, and there's so many things pulling at us in everyday life that we may not be able to focus in that direction very often. So just want to say, I'm glad everyone's here. Thank you. Thank you, Alicia. Thank you so much. And we're moving into the uh, time of the full moon of Aries. And in the essence of ourselves or the higher self or soul, the note is I come forth and from the plane of mind, I rule. And we are all peace builders in one <clears throat> way or another. And if from the plane of mind, we rule the peace within ourselves, so shall it be because energy follows the thought. And therefore, in the thought form, and this whole group has this opportunity to act as if it's happening. The what if is there. Thank you, Lisa. Of course, I love you dearly. And then the other piece is to act as if. So blessing and peace to all of us as we radiate that with the full moon of Aries. Thank you so much, Tara. <clears throat> Who else would like to share? Barb? Yeah, you can unmute yourself. Yes, can you hear me now? Yes. <laughs> Following that comment, I just wanna say that one of my mentors was a woman named Elise Bolding. Um, who was the head of the Women's League for Peace and Freedom in The Hague for 20 some years. And one of the things she did was uh, to have workshops for a whole day and sometimes two days where she would ask people to imagine a world without guns. And, and she would ask questions like, what would the national budget look like? What would the statistics about gun death, I mean, accidental gun death look like? And she got people to actually imagine a world without that. And, and she'd make them close their eyes and actually feel like what, how much more you could breathe in a world where that you would never pick up the paper and say that a mass shooting had happened, something like that. It was really a powerful workshop. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah, our, our imagination, as Lita said, our imagination is one of the most amazing human faculties we have. Yeah. And it's very powerful to have those thoughts. I would like to say something. Yes. Um, my name is DJ, DJ Chandler. And I wanted to say that this was a really remarkable session. I really enjoyed it. And I wanted to invite all of you to the true storytelling um, workshop meetings that we have once a month. And we have one um, next Saturday. And if you're interested in looking at truth and true storytelling in the digital format and curating those stories, um, 
about yourself and other people and other people who may be disenfranchised or disconnected, not on the internet. Um, I encourage you to email me at truthstorytelling at gmail.com. That's truth, T-R-U-T-H, story, S-T-O-R-Y, telling, T-E-L-L-I-N-G at gmail.com. And I'd be more than happy to send you an invitation and other information about, about what we're doing. It's just a pilot study, but it's pretty exciting. And I think that it, it intersects so well with today's speaker and everything that he was saying. So it's wonderful, DJ. Thank you for joining us. Why don't you put that email address in the chat so that people can just copy paste it and make sure they get it right. Would anyone else like to share? What's bubbling up to you from, from the inquiry, from the conversation? I got a little phrase for you. Yes. I'm Ojibwe from Bad River, Wisconsin. Uh, we have a word in a windowag, which means we're all related. And if we can really bring that into what we're doing with everything in our life, not just the people, but the trees, the grass, the water, everything is related. And if we use it with respect and pay attention to each other, we can change the world. Thanks. That's beautiful. Thank you. Anyone else? Yes, Alicia. I'm just wondering if he could type that word in the chat. Yeah, good idea. Marty, can you type that in the chat, the word that you just said? And DJ, DJ, I haven't seen your email address yet in the chat. Maybe I'm missing it. Who wanted to share? Me. Great. Hi, Kathy. Hi. So beautiful story. Uh, Lisa's my friend, and, and you never know what someone's capable of as a friend until you see it from a more objective point of view. And that was just a beautiful representation of who you are and what you have to offer to the world. And one of the, one of the things I got from that, Lisa, is that our stories, um, often they're for us to be heard, right? And I, I'm not in touch with what a gift it can be to others if I'm not so concerned about being heard, but can balance that with what can I give also? Because your story was such a gift. So thank you very much. Thank you, Kathy. One big takeaway for me um, was um, when, when Lisa, you mentioned the idea of repurposing pain for healing. And I've, I've, I've realized that in a different way, but I love the way you put that. It's the idea of how do we use adversity? And that's like uh, Tara was mentioning that idea of we are in control. When we want peace, we find it. We already have it within us. And when we seek, we find. And that's our, that's our only control. I have no idea what's going to happen in my day, but I know what I'm going to bring to it. And that's a big deal. So whatever happens, it's going to be for, for healing, for peace. And the idea of sharing. And, and you mentioned, I think, Alicia, you mentioned the idea of uh, souls. And I think you did too, Jelena, when we first started. The idea of souls. And I'm thinking, wow, these are my people. Because I'm coming from a point where I'm feeling, and, and you as well, bud, 
I'm feeling that we're all sacred siblings. And that's, you know, that's how I see you. And, mm -hmm. and, and I think that's a big deal. Um, so thank you all for being here and for being who you are because there's nobody else like you. <laughs> we're unique, we're diverse and we're incomparable. I'm done. <laughs> thank you, Diane, that was lovely, beautiful. Well, with that, I think we're gonna start to bring the circle to a close. I'm putting several links into the chat. The Peace Alliance hosts these Hope Story Circles and the Peace Alliance empowers civic action for a culture of peace. Our website is there. Also the Peace On podcast, the link to the podcast, all of these Hope Story Circles and other of our offerings are podcasts at Peace On. The Blueprint for Peace is a major initiative that we've been sponsoring for over a year now. And if you sign this petition, you will be sending a message to all of your state and federal elected officials that you want them to support policies that support peace and nonviolence. Also, we are a small nonprofit. We welcome donations of any size and any kind. And our calendar of events is there too. And that's where you'll find the information for our next Hope Story Circle. We hope you join us and also the other um, things that we have going on. So thank you so much for being here. Liz, do you wanna wrap it up for us? Yeah, my heart is still full right now, right? And um, Elisa is a very dear friend of mine. And I just wanted to share that um, years ago, for a period of several years, Lisa and Kathy Kidd, who's also on the call, and another friend of myself, we did what we called a compassion book club, but that doesn't really speak to what it was, right? Every month we would choose a different book about awakening compassion in ourselves or in the world. And then we would meet like this, right? Pre-Zoom, we would meet for a Google Hand and we'd kind of talk about what it meant. And that has reverberated through the years, right? Steeping yourself deeply in compassion. And I was chatting with one of, with the other woman who's not on the call today this morning. And I said, you know, we're spread out over the country, right? Lisa's in one place and Kathy's in another and I'm in another and she's another. And I said, I just pictured kind of this force field. I was thinking of what uh, Tara just said about operating from a plane. I was picturing us from another plane, right? Just radiating out love and compassion as this force field. And I said, as we become more intentional at kind of radiating that out, we can have more effect. And I'm looking at each face and I invite you each in this last kind of 30 seconds of the call to just intentionally look at each face on the call. And there are lots of us here um, and just picture us wherever we are in the world, connecting and purposely creating this kind of force field of love and peace and that each kind of in the next two weeks, you know, those of you who will, are here regularly, or if this is your only time, if at some point during the day, you just say, I, I intentionally connect with everyone from the call to create this kind of love and peace. So I'm thankful to you all, always Yelena and, and Terry for holding this work together. Lisa, so thankful for your story and your work. And I'm thankful for each of you guys who show up here um, however long or short. And so let's just envision that together as I send us off into the week. Thank Feel you, my free. beautiful friends. Thank you so much, Liz. Feel free to unmute yourselves so you can say goodbye.
Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today at Peace On. We hope that it inspires you to engage in dialogue in your larger community. Peace On is brought to you by the Peace Alliance, found at peacealliance.org.